Hello, everyone. This is Ron Bush with Ron Bush Consulting, and you're listening to the Information Playground. Uh, if you're listening to us uh, in Northwest Indiana, you're probably catching us on WVLP. That's 103.1 FM. Uh, if you're streaming us from that, it's uh, WVLP.org, and I encourage you to do that. WVLP is a great radio station. They do a lot in the community, and it'd be great if you got involved that way. Uh, you'll catch us at, uh, on Mondays at 9 a.m. and uh, Fridays at 1 p.m. there. You can also catch us on demand, uh, podcasting from uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and five or six others. You can also catch us on YouTube, and the channel for both of those is the Information Playground. So thank you for being with us today. My special guest is a good friend, Sean Navarro. Hello, Sean. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you on. Would you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Yeah, happy to. Um, so I work for a company called Sync USA. We host various uh, executive level events. Um, personally, uh, I, I live in Austin, Texas, and I've been here for about uh, a decade now, which it's amazing how quickly time's flying. But um, you know, I, I grew up in Mexico City, so I have um, so my family lives in Mexico right now, and and um, you know, so so that's a little bit about me. Um, yeah. Um, so let's start with Sync. What is Sync USA? Yeah. Um, so Sync, we're a company. We're we're still a small company. We're about twenty five employees, um, but we host executive level events um, across the country for um, IT professionals. Now, um, our events are a little bit different, just in that. Uh, we host them into uh, smaller groups. So it's typically around 60 to 85 executives that we bring along with us. And the regional events, it's about a day and a half. Um, but it allows for you know executives like yourself to just sit together, get together, talk about the different challenges they're all facing just in an intimate environment. Um, but I've been working here for almost three now years now. So um, it's been a really great experience. I have a great team around me, and um, I'm just I'm, I'm lucky to be part of such a great organization. Well, I thought it was a great organization. As you know, I was privileged to attend one up in uh, St. Paul. Yeah. And, uh, and just had a great time. I could see the potential there. Uh, yeah. I think that was last year. It might have been last Last time. May. Yeah. Oh, May. Okay. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, I, I was, uh, you probably know this, or I, we may have talked about it, where I was, I was intending to get uh, uh, the speaking side of the business. As regular listeners know, I'm a consultant. Uh, so I, I consult cybersecurity issues with businesses, employee training, cybersecurity, risk assessments, those kind of things. And I, I also have a managed service provider side, but I really wanted to expand the public speaking side. And so um, I joined National uh, Speakers Association and was just getting that going, thinking about the, the, uh, uh, the event that I, uh, of yours that I attended. And um, unfortunately, the, uh, the pandemic hit and uh, all, those, yeah. all those potential uh, uh, performances or uh, appearances were, uh, were scratched for the time being, although webinars have increased. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so tell me, what gave? Uh, how did the idea for this come about? I think it's brilliant. How did yeah. it come up? Well, so our CEO Ross Abbott, um, he started Sync about five years ago, um, and he had worked for quite a few of the competitors. And I think that what um, kind of drove him to start his own business was he felt like a lot of these events are becoming just more about, um, you know, the sponsors rather than the executives. He also felt, you know, these events, they're getting out of hand. They're becoming just more of more of a spectacle rather than a learning experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when he started Sync, he said, you know, rather than bringing just a massive audience together, I think the, the, the value for the executives comes with being in, in these smaller groups. Now, you're not going to pass out, you know, 10,000 business cards like you typically would for, you know, some of these national events, but you're going to make those lasting connections. And that's what we're really looking to, uh, you know, to bring to the table is just your ability to connect over a full day and a half with, you know, high level executives across the country. Uh, I thought it was great. In fact, I still uh, stay in touch, but actually through LinkedIn, mostly. Yeah. but uh, with some of the folks that I met, there was a great group of folks. Of course, you've got all C-level people. These are people yeah. that are, are decision makers, but they're also people that know what they're doing and uh, right. 
and it was just a, a great time. You had great speakers. Yeah, uh, and it was, a, you know, the other thing that we strive to do is we, we, we really drive like a broad group of executives together. So we don't want it to be industry specific. You know, we're, we're bringing across some of the best and the brightest, but a lot of times you end up finding some, some creative solutions to challenges that you're facing by, you know, getting outside of your typical little bubble. Right. And, and we all attend these these local events, these city based events, and you end up seeing a lot of the same crowd over and over again. Um, so this just opens up your horizon to meeting some executives that you typically wouldn't. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I really love our product. Now we're continuing to improve it just on a day to day basis. And like you were talking about, you know, with COVID. It's it's requiring a lot of these events companies to get creative in their approaches to you know change up their products to host a bunch of different virtual events and so I think it's making us a better company and, and uh, so yeah I'm glad you said it that way I really have a positive feeling about this nobody yeah. likes the way it is at the moment you don't like being forced to stay home you don't like not being able to go where you want to go and do what you want to do but. At the end of the day, we're learning a lot of skills we weren't forced to learn before, like sure. webinars and, and, and working from home, working remotely. And it's given us a lot of opportunities for business that we didn't have before. For sure. You know, and, and, and to bring that up and, and not to be just that, that a half glass full kind of guy, because I know there's a lot of people suffering right now, but, you know, in a small part, it's bringing us back as a country to our roots of just entrepreneurialism. Mm -hmm. You know, we have... I think all of us right now are scrambling to, you know, figure out new ideas to, to get creative and, and um, even just try out certain things that you've been kind of postponing for months, years and such. So, you know, when you look at some, there are some positives coming out of this. I couldn't agree more. You know, one of my favorite parts of, uh, of the event that I attended were the meals we shared. And some yeah. of the best conversation I had was just sitting around the table. Um, it, it, uh, and we did that. It, you know, we had the, uh, the presentations, the panels were all conversation uh, inducing, I guess. It yeah. brought up problems that people had. They were good, good uh, opportunities for say, you know, I got a problem like that too. Or I have right. an issue I'm dealing with right now. And so we actually got to sit around. There was some problem solving involved. It was excellent. So, oh, cool. so let me ask you, how do we continue to do that same thing in virtual time? How can we, how can we take that opportunity and transpose it into what we're doing now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I think first and foremost, you're never going to beat just that human connection that you have on site. And, you know, things will get back to somewhat of a new normal and we will be able to meet in person again. In the time being, though, there are so many changes in, within every organization. You know, I've, we've been, my, my team has been on the front lines a lot just talking to executives in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, you're talking to people who suddenly have to, you know, put 16,000 workers, you know, all remotely. And so they're all unique challenges. And, and where I'm getting at this is, now more than ever do we need as as a community to to get, come together and just talk about these things so you know what we've been doing just as an organization is we've been hosting quite a few webinars um and you know we have executive councils so just peers of yours who we sit down with and we vet our topics because you know at the end of the day i'm not an industry leader you know, I am an expert in relationship building, but I do, you know, I rely heavily on your peers to help help me determine, you know, what are the topics we need to be talking on. So um, our chief product officer, his, his name is Jason Senamore. He's really great, but he's been hosting these webinars pretty much, you know, two or three a week. Um, and just bringing together people talking about different subjects. So, you know, if you do get a chance on our website, SyncUSA, S-I-N-C-U-S-A.com, um, we've been posting quite a bit of content dealing with, you know, crisis management, working from home, um, you know, remote workforces, all of these, these problems that we're all facing right now. That's excellent. And I will check that out. Okay. You know, those of us that do the same thing, you know, I don't know about folks that are listening, but but my activity level has just gone sky high. Yeah. I know some people are sitting back trying to figure out how to fill the day. I'm sure. not one of those. Um, yeah. I was already had a pretty, pretty fast pace. And now 
I'm just struggling. I usually work a 12 hour day. I'm struggling to get everything done in a 15 hour day. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, you know, part of it's having clients crossed all four time zones, but part of it is just everybody realizes they need to keep active. They need to keep doing things and business as much as it can needs to go on For in, sure. in the kind of business I'm in. And most of the people I work with, you know, I, I don't work with restaurants as a rule. I, I just don't have any clients there. No, no problem with doing it, but I just don't have any. And yeah. they've got problems. You can't work from home and run a restaurant and sure. nobody can come to it anyway, unless it's drive by or drive through. So that's a different issue, but, but for all, all, I guess those of us that work in offices, that uh, work in different uh, positions, like most of the folks I met at, at your event, yeah, you know, life's still going on. It's just going on at home, right. uh, in your home office. So remoting from home has become an issue for some. Yeah. And now, and, and that's a really good point. I mean, so when we've been talking to executives, especially just kind of that second half of March and early April, there is that just you know it's it's a hectic time for everybody and it's been it's been difficult to con connect with a lot of people just because they're dealing with you know x amount of challenges on a day-to-day -day basis but you know now that we have most of our you know workforce remote and things have kind of settled in what i have been finding is you know a lot of my conversations where typically i'll be able to speak to an executive and he or she is um, just at the office dealing with you know 20 people trying to contact them all at once I'm having a lot more conversations and, and the humanity is coming out uh, with everybody you know everybody's in their PJs and so you're having some a chance to um, connect with people that you normally wouldn't be able to right so there once again there are some positives coming out of this yeah yeah well excellent so yeah. events when you're not having events how do you switch? I know content is uh, is a concern, but how do you how do you make that move, and what does right. it look like? Well, so our priority is we we know we don't want to become an events company anymore. We want to be a content company. So that starts with um, creating as many virtual events as possible. Now, you know, we work alongside different solution providers who essentially you know help us pay for these events because the executives that we bring to our forums or our dinners, um, we don't charge any money. Now, those same solution providers are still in the business of talking to people right now. And, you know, they're very familiar with, um, you know, most organizations are not going to have any budget right now for, you know, any solutions, but now is a time to build relationships. So what we've been working for, uh, we've, we've had a few of our partners, um, working with us to create just, it's called a virtual executive briefing series. So just the opportunity for, to reach out to different executives and say, hey, look, this is what we have working in our pipeline right now. Um, I wanted to make the introduction now. It's typically just, you know, a 30, 45 minute conversation with them. And then establishing that relationship now when things open up three, four months or six months or whenever that is, um, you know, that relationship has been established. So we have been able to generate some business um, and, and most of our partners are, are pretty, pretty familiar, just that it's, it's a long game that they're playing right now, you know? Yeah. You know, that's, as I, as I think about it, uh, well, let me ask you, when this is, when this is over, mm -hmm. do you think you'll go back to the same type of events that you were doing before? Do you think they'll look different or? What I think, thoughts? yeah, and that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think that, the value before you go of, there, let's describe yeah. for everybody, before you answer that, I apologize, sure. but let's describe for the listeners who may not have, have been to, to one of your events, how it works. So you've got, uh, you've got an afternoon, um, people yes. are arriving, then you have dinner together. Exactly. The next morning you've yeah. got breakfast. Go ahead. So the way that we actually structure it is we'll, we'll fly in the 60 to 80 executives uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, mm -hmm. That Sunday evening, what we'll do is we'll just have a few icebreakers, um, allow for the group to get to know each other. Obviously, not everybody's going to meet all 65 executives or so, um, but it allows for, um, you know, those initial introductions. And then when we kick it off on Monday morning, so we kick it off with different uh, keynote presentations. Uh, we have panels. We have uh, discussion, small 
smaller workshops, uh, as well as just like your, you know, individual sessions. Um, I personally think that there's going to be a push, you know, especially just with COVID, but there's going to be a push once we start going back to these events to start attending some of these smaller ones. So I think we're well positioned in that, in that space. Um, I do think that we will continue with our events in the future, but um, we're building out some really cool products, uh, just like portals for executives to be able to access with um, information and just, you know, the ability to connect to other executives virtually. Um, so I think that that part of our business is definitely going to grow. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think that human connection is always going to be, um, you know, first and foremost. Yeah, oh, I couldn't agree more. I don't care yeah. how technologically savvy any of us are at the end of the yeah, day, right. we're still humans. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, um, um, anything else on, on content, any other thoughts moving? You're not leaving events. You're just going to change it a bit and you're going to add uh, content correct. to what you've been exactly. doing. Anything yeah. I mean, our, and I think part of the organization right now is just our content needs to continue to evolve. Um, just right now, there's, there's challenges that, that, you know, IT executives are going to be facing um, three, six months down the road that we have no idea about. So we just need to have our ear to the ground. We need to consistently be talking to uh, your peers about what they're facing so that we could just, uh, you know, develop that content around, you know, what's important to you. I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what this is about. You know, we want to generate content that's important to the executives. And it just starts with having that conversation of, you know, if you were to join a panel, what would be the topic that's, you know, of number one interest to you, right? So um, that's what my team's doing right now is we're just exploring, you know, what, you know, what sessions we need to address, what, you know, virtual um, either panels or discussions we, we need to have and starting to, uh, to, to build them out. Great. That is great. It sounds exciting. Yeah, it is. So uh, COVID-19, what do you think it means overall to your industry, to, I guess, to industry as a whole? Sure. I'd like to start, actually, I'd rather start up at the 50,000 foot level. Let's start globally. What do you think? Because I hear a contraction of 3% global, uh, global uh, product or global economy rather, and then let's move on down to America and on down to the specific industries. Sure. Well, that's the, you know, that's, that's there are, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I will say this, there are many, many smarter people than I who would have, you know, better opinions on the matter. Um, you know, from a global perspective, well, I'll start from a personal level, just because, you know, what I've found is, you know, even though we haven't been connecting as much, I find that I'm actually connecting with a lot of people from my network that I just never had the time to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be, you know, just a positive influence of this. Hopefully when this is all over, you know, those kind of connections, we don't lose sight of that. We don't look, lose sight of the importance of continuing to talk to, to our peers and to our friends, to our family. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, from a global pers perspective, you know, there's, you know, just industry shifts. I mean, the, the, I think that we're just on the tip of the iceberg of figuring out, you know, what, where that, that impact is going to be. Um, but it's going to require some creativity. And I think that just overall, when you're talking about some of these large enterprises and most of the executives that attend our events um, are of, you know, those global enterprises that are about 5,000 employees and up. Now we have started building out smaller, like mid-market programs, because there's definitely a market for, you know, some of these smaller organizations, um, you know, high level executives to get in and talk about, you know, some of the, the, the challenges that they're facing. But, you know, most of our events are, you know, that, that global 2000 list of executives. And I think um, just when looking at those corporations, I mean, you're taught, you're seeing Ford switching into building ventilators and you're, you're, you know, there are these companies that are suddenly have been working on, you know, various products for a you know, hundred years that are having to just completely switch what they're doing. And so, you know, we talk about, um, you know, DevOps as the ability to, you know, be agile within, a, you know, a larger enterprises. And, and I think that you're going to start seeing from an enterprise side of things, just having to find that agility within an organization as well, whether it be 
you know, specific teams that are built out, you know, during crisis management times to be able to, you know, quickly shift into different product lines. But, you know, if you are not evolving right now, you're seeing it everywhere, but there's, there are companies folding left and right. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of these companies have, have been a little bit bloated over the years and have been just kind of stuck in a very specific niche and it's worked for a long time. And suddenly, you know, starting, you know, March 15th, that's changed drastically. And so, you know, it is the strong will survive in this uh, just, you know, so I do see that, um, you know, that, that companies are going to have to stay creative in this approach. Did yeah. that answer your question? I know it's, uh, you know, a long winded answer, but. No, it was a good answer. I, you know, you mentioned something uh, uh, about, um, you mentioned something about the, uh, about the mix, uh, the, the global 2000 companies is, is really yeah. who you, you see at your events. They're in all industries, as I recall. I mean, you, you might be with the, uh, uh, the CIO of, uh, well, you mentioned Ford, you might be with that guy. Uh, at the table and then on the uh, on your left and then on your right might be the the uh, I don't know the CTO or CEO even of uh, uh, of an entirely yeah. different industry right exactly yeah. you know and um, I mean we are finding executives are, are switching roles and industries at a quicker and quicker pace um, so you can't just be an exec, you know, a C-level executive that's worked in the auto industry anymore. You have to, you have to have knowledge just across the board, right? Um, so that's why I think these executives appreciate this is just, you know, sometimes when you do get into these, these smaller groups and it's just very industry specific, you get into that group think mentality, which a lot of times can be just counterproductive. And so like to, to your point, I mean, you know, you, you get into these, these sync events and, you're talking to people from all different industries all across the technology sector. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I found that really valuable. So you manage a sales team, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, how Maybe. are you doing that from the couch? <laughs> oh, gosh, it's, it's challenging. Honestly, luckily I have a really great team around me and, and it's not a big team. I think we're six right now, but, um, but you know, luckily, I think that there's definitely a fine line of, and I'm certainly no expert at, you know, managing remotely, um, but you're, you know, everybody's having to become better at this. Um, one of the things that I find, find with my team is, you know, starting off with empowerment, right? I mean, it's easy to start micromanaging people when you have very little data, you know, especially specifically with my organization, you know, I'm looking at my team where, you know, essentially we're a sales team and, um, you know, there's just a few data points that I could look at and that's, you know, different closed deals and, and the amount of calls that you're, you're um, dialing a day. But at the end of the day, you need to empower your team and you need to have trust in them. Um, and you have to understand that certain days are going to be better than others. And, you know, I do find that, you know, there's, there's a time and place for putting a sense of urgency with my team and making sure that they're aware that they need to stay focused. But there's also a time and place of, of letting them know that, hey, we are in a time where it's unprecedented. None of us have ever experienced this. And so you also have to have that ability to to be understanding of, you know, when somebody's having a bad day or a bad week and just, you know, put their arm, virtual arm around them and just mm -hmm. say, hey, look, next week's going to be better. Um, and so, so that's how I've been approaching the, just the, the managerial aspect of this all. I, I struggle with it and I think that a lot of us struggle with it, um, but I think it's going to make us better. And I think that at least within our, our own organization, um, Ross, our CEO, is looking at it and saying, hey, you know, we've been working from home for five weeks now and we're still producing. We're still, there's still result, results there. So, um, you know, maybe we do work at home once, once every other week or once a week. And, and, you know, because now he could see that we're still able to do it. So um, he's empowered us. I'm empowering my team. And I think, you know, that's a good starting point. Oh, gosh, that's great. And, you know, I agree with you. I think that, um, I think that as, as business still gets produced, as mm -hmm. we get used to, to working from home, whatever that means, I think that, uh, uh, I think that, that we'll find that, <laughs> that chicken's uh, done. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The oven timer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we'll find that, that uh, the skills we learn are transferable. Sure. And I think that, uh, that we will really learn to do business in other ways that we never thought we yeah. either never thought of or, or we never thought that were possible. Sure. I can't tell you how many, how many times I've spent, uh, how much time I've spent on airplanes going someplace and, and I really didn't want to go. You know, there was, there were other things I needed to do. It was time away from, that I needed to be more productive. Right. But you got to get there and, yeah. uh, and doing it this way, it's immediate. It's immediate sure. gratification. So and one of the things that, you know, I've, I've started learning, I've always much preferred working in an office than home um, because it provides that level of accountability. You have, you know, your team around you that, you know, provides some energy when you are, are missing that. Um, but I think just from everybody's, professional development, this is a good thing, you know, because you become your own manager of time, you become your own, you are accountable for your day to day. And so at the end of this, when we all come out of it, and we're back in the office, I think that we're all going to be better at just time management to be able to, you know, really just put our heads down when we need to and such. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So um, I know you don't have a crystal ball, none of us do, or at least one that works. I wish. <laughs> yeah. And, and I hear all different things about, uh, I guess, about the, the, the future as to whether this will end in the summer or whether it'll come back in the fall. You know, nobody knows that yet. Yeah. So um, this is a hard question I'm going to ask, but I'll toss it to you and do the best yeah. you can with it. Shoot. Where do you think or where do you see events going in the next six to 12 months? And, and how do you think it's going to, I mean, what kind of changes, just best guess do you see? Yeah, um, it really is a tough call. So what we've done is we've, we've had multiple events in Q1 and Q2 that we've, we've pushed back into Q3 and Q4. Um, most of the events starting in that September spot and then ending in December. Now, yeah, there's been a lot of talk of, of potentially you know, a second quarantine towards like September when, you know, there's typically like, you know, multiple, multiple peaks in, in the, uh, um, you know, in these different types of viruses. Um, from a company standpoint, we have to just move forward. You know, there's so much uncertainty, but you have to be able to just set down specific dates. Now, still offering up some flexibility with executives who are committing to these events and saying, hey, if things don't change, then, you know, obviously we'll, we'll push back um, the events. From my personal opinion, I do think, um, I think the, our country as a whole has done a good job at, at um, you know, staying at home, kind of uh, flattening that curve. Now, I don't see enough testing centers. And I think that te testing centers are something that is going to, um, and because of that, I could see a second spike later in the fall. Um, you know, just I, I would the way that I would think that things would happen is once you start reopening businesses, suddenly once again everybody's out in the in the open, and then you have that second wave of of, of people, um, you know, getting COVID nineteen. So, um, but like I said, I'm no expert. I would I would assume that, you know, probably. You know, Texas, Austin in particular, that's, that's where I'm based out of is, is Austin, Texas. We've done a really great job of um, flattening the curve right away. So we've been, you know, I think we have just about 850 cases of COVID-19 of identified cases, right? Um, so I do see that probably, you know, towards the beginning of June is when we start going back into work. Um, and hopefully there's not just a massive spike, you know, with, with Austin's, um, you know, city management doing such a good job. I think that maybe we, we might have curtailed it a little bit and pushed it back, but your guess is as good as mine. Um, but yeah, we have to move forward with events just, um, and, and if need be pushing them, you know, continue to push them back, but still having a specific, you know, date in mind. Listen, I want to take a, 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 just a, a few minutes. We're going to uh, take a quick uh, pause. Uh, we're going to identify who we are and where we're coming from, remind folks uh, what we're doing here today. So bear with us just a moment. So I just want to remind you that you're listening to the Information Playground. Uh, it's uh, underwritten by Ron Bush Consulting. We're a, a cybersecurity advisory company. We 
go into companies, uh, businesses, organizations, uh, do risk assessments, help them learn how to stay safe and teach their employees how to do that. Um, you've, uh, uh, you're probably catching us on one of three ways. Uh, you're either listening to us on the radio, in which case that would be WVLP in Northwest Indiana, Valparaiso, be uh, precise. It's uh, 103.1 FM. Uh, it's, uh, its website is WVLP.org. And if you're in that neck of the woods, I encourage you to stream us from the website and go there to see all that WVLP is doing in the community. They're doing a great job. And, and you might decide you want to be a part of that. You might be listening to us on demand on podcast. And uh, the, uh, the name of the program is The Information uh, Playground, the name of the channel. Uh, you might also catch us on YouTube, and that channel is also called The Information Playground. Our guest today is, uh, is Sean Navarro. He's with Sync USA, and we've been having a great conversation on what that is and uh, how things look and how we're getting along in this, uh, in this time of uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic, something new for all of us. So, Sean, welcome back. And, uh, Thank you. If anyone has any questions or thoughts, uh, how can they get in touch with you after this program? Sure. Um, I think, you know, the easiest way would be to connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I'm pretty active there. So it's Sean, S-E-A-N, and then last name Navarro, N-A-V-A-R-R-O. Um, you're also welcome to shoot me an email at uh, sean.navarro at syncusa.com. And that's S-I-N-C-U-S-A.com. Um, for those executives listening, you know, I'd be happy to have a conversation about our future events, any virtual events that we're doing, some panels, webinars, and such. Um, so feel free to uh, reach out to me. I always appreciate it. Great. So I'm kind of curious, how did you get started in this? Uh, it's, a, it's a niche industry. Uh, it's a, I mean, who, uh, I think you were saying earlier that Ross came up with the idea, but man, it's a great idea because I don't know of anybody else in that space. Yeah. How in the world do you find this opportunity and get started? Yeah. Um, well, truthfully, I, I just kind of fell into, uh, into the industry. This wasn't something that I had specifically kind of pinpointed as to where I wanted my career to go. Uh, I just knew that, you know, my passion with sales is, is relationship building. And, um, you know, I saw the opportunity uh, with Sync USA. And when I interviewed, you know, I, I, I really appreciated, you know, listening to what Ross was, was looking to accomplish with the company. When I started, we were, I think it was five employees in total. So we were running just a few events a year. It was very um, kind of niche. And um, since then, you know, we, we run uh, 12 different forums each year. We have four different Canadian forums each year and we ran over 160 dinners last year. So um, yeah, quite a few events. Um, and so I've been, I've been really fortunate to grow within this company. We, you know, I think that the best thing that Sync USA has going for us, um, you know, we're, we're in a great industry, all of that, but it's those 25 people that I have working with, with, uh, with me. Um, we're just a very close knit team. We know, you know, how to put our heads down and really work when, when there's, you know, 15, 20 dinners on the calendar and we need to place a bunch of executives on those dinners. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, so it, it really wasn't something that I, I sought out. And, and here I am almost three years later, um, and I've, my, my official title is Director of Audience Development. And, you know, just, uh, there's a team of six underneath me where we just work on, on bringing the executives to the events. So That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, so personally, what do you, how do you, uh, I mean, what are you doing, I guess, knowing you, I, I, I'm assuming that you probably have some, uh, improvement things going on. Uh, a lot of folks, uh, I've heard of people uh, studying foreign languages. They're, uh, they're, they're trying to grow in one area or another. Are you doing any of that? You know, I am. I mean, I think that's, it's so important right now that now that we have the time uh, to take on these certain things, because I always feel like our professional development and our personal development sometimes gets put in the back burner when you are, you know, you've just got, you know, thousands of things to do at work and such. Um, you know, from a personal experience, um, I, you know, I took up the guitar about 15 years ago and, and um, it's one of those things for the last five years I just really haven't um, spent much time with. So 
uh, getting back into that. And, it, and that's been a lot of fun, um, just kind of keeping those, those creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, one of the things that we've, we've created a Slack channel uh, within our organization um, in which we will, you know, we share articles, we share just different perspectives. We, um, we've created a book club amongst our, our team members. And so, um, you know, that's just different things that we can do now. You know, I think that's going to make ourselves better uh, over time. Um, but what about yourself, Ron? Have you, have you, you know, perfect, Professionally, personally, what have you been doing? I know it sounds like you've been busy. Yeah, yeah. I was telling you before we uh, we started that uh, activity, professional activity, yeah. just skyrocketed. I'm a reader, so I read between eighty and hundred books a year, anyway. Wow. So that's that's continuing on. Um, I also read all the different newsletters, and when you can just imagine all the stuff that's happening every day in cybersecurity. I oh yeah. I kind of. Uh, stay on top on top of that through Google alerts um, it, it you're right there is a first off there's more there's more ways to improve yourself in this day than any time in history right so if if you want to get better there's no reason not to people that um, maybe their their skill set is not up to date with right. where where the world is today or at least America is there's no reason why they can't, they don't even have to go back to school to improve those skill sets. You can do it online. You can learn just about anything that you want to online 24 seven at your spate, at your, your speed and, and at your time. So um, while um, I'm, I've got a master, so I've gone as far educationally as I'm going to go, at least at this stage of life. Yeah. I thought about going for the doctorate, but I haven't. Uh, I just, you know, it, it's a good question, and you turned it back on me, so I, <laughs> I, I really, uh, I enjoy, I always enjoy learning, so I, I guess I'm always involved in something, trying to build a new skill, trying to, Yeah. I've never, I've never approached anything with, the, with I can't do it if somebody else is doing it, sure. if, if they can do it, I, I got the same flesh and blood on me, why can't I? Right. You know, and what's also cool is, is I think that we're finding out just that, you know, this work-life balance is so important and you end up becoming a better employee when you're, when you do give yourself some time to, you know, explore yourself creatively, whether it be through guitar or food less, you know, food, food classes, you know, even just, you know, cooking dinner can be, can be an art form in itself. Right. And, and when you do take that time for yourself, um, I've also noticed that that I'm more engaged at work, right? Is and because I haven't been, you know, just spending either all my time, you know, answering emails and working and such. Um, I find that the time that I'm actually using is more productive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. When you know, and I think that's a good point. When your time is your own, you've got the family right outside the office or bedroom, whatever it is you're operating from, or living room, whatever the case might yeah. be. Um, you're going to want to spend time with them. So you, you make each second count. You do everything you can to get done what you need to get done. Right. It's a, it is a very interesting time. Um, We're going to have to get ready to, uh, to take another break in a moment, but on stuff that we've been talking about, what what do you, any final thoughts or any, uh, any, any directions that we haven't gone yet that, well, and this is something for you to think on, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you're somebody that, that I value your opinion quite a bit, and you're talking to more executives on a day-to-day basis than, than I do. And so, you know, I'd love to work with you in, in, in the future in just helping us determine some of our, you know, virtual webinars and events and, and such. Um, so, you know, I guess my question to you would be just, I guess what's top of mind? for you? I mean, what are the subjects that are most important to you? Um, when, when talking to executives, is there certain, you know, two or three subjects that often come up right now? You know, that's an excellent question. Whose, whose program is this, mine or yours? <laughs> uh, it, it is an excellent question. And, you know, um, I'm going to dodge it for the moment. I'm yeah. going to also uh, suggest before we leave books, uh, one of the best books that I've read lately is Questions Are the Answer. Questions Are the Answer. Asking, it's learning to ask questions 
sometimes uh, I remember decades ago, I read Tom Hopkins, uh, how to master the art of selling anything. And he said the way to, to, uh, to find out, well, first the way to sell is yeah. to lead with questions. Sure. So you lead people to where you want you to go. Now that, that might come off as manipulation, but it's really not. It's just getting the conversation where you want it to go. Right. And this, this book, uh, questions are the answer is a, is a new, fairly new publication, 2018 or 19. And, um, in it, he talks about how really accomplishing anything is asking the right question. He's got great business, uh, just what you've been talking about, great business uh, decisions in there. Sometimes people are, are trying to solve the, the wrong problem. Right. And they're wasting time. Yeah. Stepping back and asking that question like you just asked. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm in a very unique position. I mean, not, not to bring it back to sync too much, but, you know, I... I don't have that many years of experience, nor do I claim to be some industry expert or whatnot. I'm so lucky to be in an industry where I actually can go to the, after talking to these executives about challenges they're facing, you know, just all these, you know, sitting on the phone with them and, and talking to them, I actually get to spend some time with them at the events itself and listen to, you know, the best and the brightest get up on stage and talk about the most relevant topics. So um, I'm just, I'm so lucky and blessed to be able to spend some time listening to, you know, the right people. And so my questions, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Ron, or anything like that, it's just, it's like, getting better and, 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 you know, just really becoming, um, you know, a better professional from my end is, is picking the minds of you and the other peers about what, you know, what you're experiencing. So, um, yeah. That's well, actually, why I, I, I appreciate that. And, and first off, I don't know that you need to read that book. You're excellent at it. You're excellent at asking questions and then listening. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Um, but I think the, the folks that I talk to are all, you know, the, the future is always uncertain. I, I, don't, I don't care what day or time uh, or year or age that you're talking about. Nobody knows the future. But right now we're going through something that we've never gone through before. So everybody is on edge. Everybody's right. saying, you know, you're a, you're a CEO. How am I going to get this business cranking again? How am I going to take care of the employees I've got? Um, you know, the, the ones that I've, I know of, um, they've kept employees on and they're still paying them and they're still, uh, most of them are still working, um, putting out a good day's work. Yeah. How do I keep that going is what they're asking. How do I, uh, you know, we all have so many responsibilities, expectations, others have of us and we have of ourselves. How do I, how do I meet those expectations? I, I think that's what every, every yeah. person I've talked to is dealing yeah. with. It's not, you know, most of us aren't afraid of, uh, of contracting it unless we have somebody in our family or close niche, maybe, uh, maybe in the company, maybe in our company that, that have come down with it. it. I was just talking with someone earlier. Neither one of us knew anyone personally that had come down with COVID-19. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that have, and my heart goes out to them and the ones that love them, especially the ones that have passed on because of it. But, sure. but it's not that that's uppermost in mind. It's how do I, how do I protect my employees? How do I keep this? How do I protect my company? Right. And how do I keep it going? Yeah. Have, have you heard anything on any of this, uh, the government things, the PPP is anyone talked to you about having partaken in any of that or any of the, Anything else has, you know, I, I haven't had many conversations about that. Um, you know, and to your point, you know, about, you know, a lot of these CEOs sitting around saying like, how do I, you know, how do I keep my staff on? Um, you know, I've, I'm so lucky to be part of an organization. My CEO, Ross Abbott, it could have been, I mean, you, you talk about just diff different industries that are affected the most. And I think events is, is, you know, way up on that list. And one thing that Ross did, you know, throughout this is his number one priority was to keep all 25 of his staff members. And he's, he's still been doing that. Now, I know that different CEOs are in different places. Luckily, we are still able to generate business because, you know, at a certain point you have, you sit back and you say, I don't have any more money to do this. Right. And, and, um, you know, I feel for everybody in that scenario, 
But to your point, if you are able to keep everybody on, not only are you, you're going to have a staff that is extremely loyal. And, you know, when this thing comes back around, you're not having to go back in and, and train a whole new staff and bring everybody back to speed. You're, you are, you're set to, to, to fire right away. And I think that, you know, from, you know, our little industry standpoint, we think that, you know, because we're able to keep our teams together right now, it's more in a, of an investment up front, but on the back end, when things do open up, we're going to be really well positioned to be able to say, hey, we've got everybody going, um, you know, we still have all 25 of our staff members in place, and, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can eat up some market share there. So um, I, I really commend my CEO, Ross, and uh, I'm, I'm really honored to be part of this organization. I think they're honored to have you, and so is the industry. So we're going to take a, a quick pause. Uh, folks, you're listening to uh, the Information Playground, and we will be right back. So uh, uh, Ron Bush Consulting is a uh, cybersecurity company. If you're listening to us uh, on, uh, on WVLP, you're probably in Northwest Indiana, though you might not be. Uh, you can stream... Uh, Stream us on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. and from uh, Friday afternoons at 1 p.m. Uh, on WVLP. That's 103.1 if you're local. Uh, streaming us, WVLP.org, and it's a great organization. You may be listening to us on demand. If you're doing that, our podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, the Information Playground is the name of the channel. Um, you may also be watching us on YouTube. I'm a little finer dressed than my uh, than my guest is today, but he looks better than I do. So, I've always been told I had a face for radio, and I and I suppose that's true. So, uh, in any case, Sean Navarro is our guest, and he's he's we've had a great time talking about uh, Sync USA and all that's going on in that. Sean, uh, anyone that wants to follow up or has any questions or thoughts, how do they reach you? Um, I would say best way is through LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Sean Navarro, N-A-V-A-R-R-O. Um, and then you're welcome to send me an email to sean.navarro at syncusa, S-I-N-C-U-S-A.com. And uh, I would say those are the, the two best ways to uh, connect with To your point, Ron, you're, you're absolutely better dressed than, than I am. And if you were to see, I'm wearing my, my slippers right now. So this is about as nice as it comes these days. <laughs> And that's all you have to, you don't know what I'm wearing below. Exactly. If my PJs on, you never know. Right. So going in that direction, um, there's got to be any, anybody in events or anybody in, in works with the public, um, you've got to have some stories. Any, any thoughts come to mind, memorable uh, events or, or thoughts? Yeah. There? You know, there, there have been quite a few memorable events and definitely some, some really interesting, uh, just, you know, things that have happened. Uh, when I when I joined the event space, it's so funny because, you know, you spend sometimes up to six months planning these events out. And, you know, the preparation involved, and I there's a whole team, you know, of ours that it's involved with, you know, every single little detail and aspect of, of the events itself. Um, but then at some point, you get down to the day of the event and all that planning, everything that has happened, you just, you can't take into account just, you know, some of the crazy things that, that can go on. Um, I think probably the most memorable situation was, and this was for our last Northeast event. We hosted it at the, um, the Weston Times Square. Um, and as we're kicking off with the introductions, we had a whole wing of the, uh, the West into ourselves, but it overlooked like a giant balcony. And I guess it was, it was the residences over there. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we kick it off, we have the speaker going and then there's, um, you know, speakers. So it's, it's a very loud introduction and a guy just walks out. He's just, only thing he's got going on in his, is his underwear and um, just starts screaming at us at the top of his lungs, just like, I'm trying to sleep right here because we do kick it off, right? You know, breakfast starts at 7 a.m. for our for our events. So it's an early it's an early morning. Um, what was actually great about that was that it was it was the perfect icebreaker. It just like everybody had something in common to talk about, and it almost just opened up everybody right away, and uh, actually turned made the event um, even that more memorable. Um, but that was I would say probably just the most memorable experience at the event. Something that you just 
you cannot plan for, did not expect, um, but yeah. It's amazing how often those unexpected things that at the moment often look like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? It's and they disaster turn out the, the, the positive force that sets the pace. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, we've had some really great events over the years, and we try to always go to, you know, some of the finer locations. So, you know, we host a Scottsdale event every year. We hosted it at the Four Seasons over there, which to be, that is my absolute favorite. And I'm sure you're pretty familiar with the Scottsdale area. That Four Seasons, uh, I think it's Las Colinas, is my absolute favorite venue we've hosted it at. Um, but Scottsdale in general, it's gorgeous. Um, we've hosted some really, really great events, some really high-level executives, um, and just had some really great conversations. Yeah, yeah. You, you're you're uh, you're in the right market, and you, you've got a great a great clientele or a great uh, great group of, of uh, folks. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have you back soon. Once things open up, we better you know. I hope we have uh, some time on on the agenda to to have you you know dive into one of your subjects. Great. Oh, I appreciate that. Always always like to talk about my subjects. <laughs> So, listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Um, Likewise, Ron. I always do. I always yeah. enjoy our conversations. Uh, any final thoughts? We've got a few minutes. Uh, we're in the, the last few. Well, my last thought is just I, I'm so appreciative to have um, you have me on this on the show. I, I, um, I, like, I value your opinions. We've had some really great conversations in the past, and, you know, I look up to you highly. So, you know, for you to invite me on to this, it really does mean a lot. And so I'm so thankful. So thank you. Well, it's, it's my pleasure and privilege. I've enjoyed our time together just as much. And uh, really, I, I, I wish I was uh, as advanced at your age as you are. You really are a sharp young man and all kinds of energy and uh, you just got everything going for you. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ron. Um, I really appreciate that. I'm not that young. Fortunately, but thank you for the kind words. That means a lot. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to us, for joining us. Sean Navarro has been our guest and uh, we, you've been listening to the Information Playground. If you uh, have enjoyed it and you're listening to us on demand, subscribe to it. We'd love to have you as a regular subscriber. Uh, if you're listening to us on WVLP, remember to join us every Monday at 9 a.m. and every Friday at 1 in the afternoon. Have a great day.